Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy back at it again. It's the Rico Report. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. It's your boy Rico. Let's go. We got a show for you guys today. Woo! Listen, I want to apologize real quick. Uh, family affairs get in the way sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And if for those that have young kids, uh, when you tell them to go to bed, <laughs> they don't just, okay, daddy, go to bed. No, it's not the way it works. They have their own agenda. And uh, today I was on daddy duty and wifey was like, I do not care if he's going to be late. Yo, you got to put your son down. And uh, duty calls. So uh, he was pretty good, but uh, he he had to, it took him a little bit to, to settle down and get to bed. So folks, I apologize, but we are here to talk about our six and five bills. Boy, oh boy, it could have been different. It could have been different, but it isn't because we are six and five. My gosh, Bill's Twitter would have melted down, would have absolutely melted down had we been in a position where we are under 500. Forget about being 500 because that was disgusting on its own, but being under 500, that would have been absolutely disgusting. By the way, uh, for my American friends that are out there living in the United States or living abroad, but are American, happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Uh, us Canadians had ours, what, just a few weeks ago, a month ago, and uh, we have your ours a little sooner than you guys. So happy Thanksgiving. We got to get into uh, some, some Thanksgiving food talk because I love me some food. I love cooking. If you guys follow me on my Instagram, I'm always posting some kind of food. Real talk. I love it. Um, but uh, happy Thanksgiving to y'all, man. And uh, we got to talk about the dishes afterwards. Please do not let me forget to talk about Thanksgiving and what dishes you guys eat and what I should, we should try because uh, I know you guys told me about a whole bunch of them last year. I tried some. Not impressed. Uh, but Hopefully, you guys can impress me this time. Anyway, uh, but folks, by the way, shout out to my man, Barry Cumberbatch. It's been a minute, my, my island brother. What's happening, man? You have to send them to bed, Mr. Caribbean man. <laughs> the Caribbean way? No, no, no. They're not there yet. <laughs> Get to bed. No, they're not there yet. They're not there yet. It's more so he's two. <laughs> he ain't there yet. But for the older ones, now nah, I don't play with them. I say, yo, did what dad said. Dad said 9.15, which y'all still do not. Oh, it's because I was thirsty. I needed get to bed. <laughs> Daddy ain't playing, or else you know what it is. Okay. There's something about a dad voice when you say get to bed, they get to bed. My wife would say, they're not listening to me. You tell them. Whatever. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back into football talk. Salute to everybody in the chat, by the way. Shout, smash that like while you guys are in here. Um, before we get into this Bills talk, I'll be joined by my man, uh, the thigh doc. 
Uh, shortly, we can talk about some injuries because there's some injuries that we got to deal with. We are going into the next game. Not in good shape. I'm not happy to talk about it, but we have to. Uh, but uh, those, the, thems are the breaks is what they say. It's the NFL. Yeah, you got some injuries. You got things that you got to deal with. You, you, it's you got to fight through it. And we've been fighting through it all freaking year. So no different than right now. So uh, we'll talk about that when my man comes on. And uh, folks, let's let's recap the Jets game. Um, and before I even begin, I got to give a shout out to my man, Richie. Uh, Richie is a, is a Jets content creator. And uh, he's he's my man's man. And uh, he does content uh, for the roundtable. And I got to put some respect on the roundtable because it's roundtable sports now. My mans are coming up. And uh, he's a big Jets fan, content creates for the Jets. Uh, he's got his uh, new podcast with his partner. I believe his partner's name is Jack. And they're doing their thing. And they, the Jets fans are simply fed up, folks. They're fed up. And I don't blame them. Because watching that offense would make me, honestly, would make me put a plate of salad in front of me. And I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not a veggie guy. But it'd be so bad that I say, yo, pass me the vinaigrette. You know what I mean? Listen, hold the chicken, hold everything, throw me all the greens you have on this thing, and let me munch on that thing because that's how that's how putrid that offense is. And the O line is beat up; they can't get the run game going. And I'm if I'm a Jets fan, I'd be I'd be infuriated. I'd be like anything but Zach Wilson because his his mind ain't there, his heart ain't there. It's just not good. So get somebody else in there and uh these poor jets are going through it check this out three straight losses we saw our quarterback get benched we saw our head coach hip toss our quarterback we saw our quarterback trot onto the football field and tripped over himself you could not have asked for a more of a clown show from these New York Jets. I should have worn black today because we're here for the funeral of the 2023 New York Jets. We have nobody in the building who has any idea how to run an NFL offense. Anybody got an idea? Sala doesn't know what he's doing. Hackett's proved at this point, I think, after not only this year, but his performance as a head coach with the Broncos last year, that he doesn't know how to run an offense that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers at the helm. This Jets 2023 offense is eerily similar to the Jets 2020 offense under the infamous Adam Gase. Just one more point than we were at through 10 games in 2020. They had 20 more first downs than us at this point in the season. The reality is, guys, we are linked with this coaching staff for yet another year. And that is just because of Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel Hackett is not going anywhere. It's a sad state of affairs for Jets fans. We pretty much put the nail in their coffin. I'm not going to like, let's not cap. We put the nail in their coffin because they had slim hope of potentially leapfrogging the Bills because they would have put us in an 0-2 hole against them. They would have swept us, and that would have put us in a bad position. It would have put them in a favorable position. Then it would have sped up the, 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 the healing process for Aaron Rodgers to come back and save their season. But now it's over. It's over now. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I feel like the, you may sing a jagged edge song. It's over now, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's over. Jets fans, Richie, Jack, all you Jets fans out there, salute from New Jersey. It's a wrap. Anyway, anytime I can bag on the Jets, I'm a bag on the Jets. And what pisses me off more about the Jets is the players that are on that squad. Let, let me let's 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 jump into one thing before I bring on my mind the thigh dog. Uh, first of all, Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, fam, listen, now the jig is up. 
The jig is up. Quit holding, son. Quit holding and show us that you are a true elite corner. We know you're damn good, but quit holding. When it comes time to playing elite receivers, you can't hold us all day because you can get loud. The jig is up. The, the, the refs know what you're about, so they can be watching your ass. That's number one. Deion Dawkins, salute to you, sir. Not only do you do you plow through uh, a defender, I think it was Clemens. He didn't like that too much. And then you belly flopped and you gave him all that snow goodness. <laughs> you gave him that snow goodness up on his face and uh, he didn't like it. He wanted to, he wanted to, you know what I mean? He wanted to rumble. He wanted to squabble. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to squabble. I didn't see him do a dance though. He wasn't, he wasn't squabble dancing. So I don't know what he wanted. But fam, it was a good day to take down the Jets. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but we've got, I mean, I can get into it all that, all that good stuff, but we got some, some, uh, some injuries to talk about. So, uh, you know the drill. Without further ado, I got to bring in my guy, the thigh doc. But you know I can't introduce my guy, the thigh doc, without... I don't know where you got that corny beat, boy. But that that shit that gets me bopping my head every time, brother. It's not a corny beat. That's uh, Sam Reed music. That's Sam my Reed. It's my boy. You want to call it? I like it because it's corny to me, but it, it gets me bopping. I don't know what what it, what it is. There's something provocative about it, but it gets me moving. <laughs> I love it. Uh, listen, I'm not gonna hold you, brother. So let's get right into it. These injuries, bro. Yeah, piled These up injuries. again. Golly, man. We can't catch a break, man. I don't even know where to begin. Shall we begin with Dane Jackson? Yeah, okay. I mean, the, the the both the big ones from this past week were kind of the same thing, concussions. So <sighs> uh Dane looked like he got knocked out. Yeah. I mean, it looks like looks like the you know the movie Friday. Mm. Knocked out, right? Mm. So, you know, felt bad. He he went limp. Um Teron's looks scary just the way he like flopped. Yeah, he I did. Don't know if you watched it. Like, yeah, what the hell happened there? Yeah, it looked like a ghost took him out when he kind of like real? stumbled back and just like flailed his arms. Yeah, that was a little scary. So I thought his looked more concerning, and then they showed the replay on Rap, which was pretty scary too. Um, but the thing about Rap was it definitely wasn't a concussion because you you just see his like shoulder pad hit, like he didn't connect with his head. No. So his shoulder, you know, his shoulder got depressed real bad. Head head turned a little bit sideways. So his is the is the stinger, right? So it's like when you stretch the nerves from your neck where they go to your shoulder. Right. Um, it's real common in football. It's, you know, I've never seen it so common with one team. It seems like every DB we got gets a stinger. Um, but uh, but Rap looked like he got a big rush down his arm, and you know the fear is when when your arm goes like numb like that or right. or goes dead. Um, is that you, you know, pinched nerve, possibly fractured a, a bone in your neck. So right. I think because, like, the significance of probably what he was feeling and it freaked the team out, so they spineboarded him. But uh, right. all signs are that he's good. Um, listen, these stingers, concussions, one to two weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get one or two of them back this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, one to none come back. So it's a big mm-hmm. hit to the – it's a big hit to the secondary. Now, what scares me 
we talked about it a couple weeks ago was Hyde, right? Yes, we did. So Hyde, Hyde had the stinger. He mm-hmm. had a fusion last year. You know, just I thought I knew my stuff, so I just checked in with my buddy uh, who's an orthopedist for the uh, Florida Gators. So right. he's like, yeah, you get a fusion, you get that stinger, it's usually game over. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. But he's coming back, and he's like, well, he's testing the water. So I, this has got to be Hyde risky. Swans. Yeah, it is. That's risky. That's risky. Everything, I mean, everything still applies. So you you basically you get a fusion in your neck. They they fuse up two bones. You are when you get that, you're signing up not only for a contact sport. You get three years, and the, you know that's stratified over a lot of sports and a lot of age groups. Right. He's 31. It's over. He's he's he came back for the season. Now you get a fusion. The joint above and joint below take a lot of extra wear and tear. And, you know, a lot of people, even if you have a desk job in 15 years, you're getting another fusion, you're fusing the, the joint above it. So, yeah. you know, he, he's got to know that. And, and, you know, I don't want to get sidetracked, but that was the whole thing with Eichel. Eichel was like 25 years old in his prime. And, you know, he's signing his death certificate, getting a fusion because he, he had herniated a disc. Young, and huh? the, yeah. And the team didn't want to do the, this new thing where they do a disc replacement because no one's ever had it in hockey. And the only people who've had it have been in rugby overseas, blah, blah, blah. He seems to be doing fine, but we'll see how it shakes out another year or two. But uh, yeah, going back to Hyde, you get a fusion, then you get a stinger the next year. It's usually game over. So he took a week off and he came back and now he McDermott said he's came out of the game. He's talked about the stinger again. So does that mean he got another stinger? They said it was kind of a continuation of the previous injury, right, yeah, but does right. that mean it's still bothering them or it got worse? I don't know. So in my like gut, in you know, yeah. So it sounds like it's either he's just working through it and waiting for like another big bang and then it's over yep. or uh, it is over. And then I don't know. I don't get, I don't get this one. So right. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait this one out. That's for sure. Uh, let's talk about D. Uh, listen, let's talk about uh, our guy Dawson Knox. Uh, yeah, it's been what three weeks? Three weeks? Almost four weeks now? Uh, four three, weeks. Three four weeks. weeks coming up here. So yeah, four he, weeks yeah. coming up. So coaches say ah, we thought he was gonna be ready, but nah, bro, he's gonna be out for a little longer. What the <laughs> heck? What's going on? Well, I'm sure Dalton Kincaid gave him some luxury, right? I'm sure they did. Yeah, so things are going good with uh, Kincaid, but it, it would still be good to have him back. You know what I mean? Yes, so. Instead of having Morris, I mean, you got Knox in there. So that's, I would say that's an upgrade, even though I do like Morris. But um, here's the deal. So yep. wrists are tricky. There's d- definitely multiple different surgeries. His was weird because he played through it, and then they're just like, all right, let's shut it down. So sometimes in that case, and, you know, he had a thumb splint too. So I was yep. thinking, listen, just so you know, I, I don't have any real inside information. I'm going on what I see. What the norms are, you know what I mean? It's a yep. little bit of a guess here. So, you know, don't like hang me out to drive like I'm wrong. But um, he had a thumb splint, which means the thumb was probably involved. There is a condition called DeQuervin syndrome. It's like a it's like a bad tendinitis in okay. like the, the thumb. So I could imagine if he was trying to play through that and then it's just like he can't catch the ball with it. And he's like, screw this and get surgery. So they do like a tendon release. Those can usually come back in about four weeks. So, mm-hmm. so this is complicated. Can- yeah, or he played through a fracture, which I just don't think he would have. I think the team would have been like, all right, your wrist is broken. Let's get it fixed. Like, right. I don't know why they would mess around with that. 
Um, but it's complicated. There's other things, little fracture, or they missed a, another one would be like a, there's a bone that's like near your thumb, but it's technically your wrist. It's called a scaphoid bone. It doesn't have good blood supply. A lot of times those get missed on initial x-ray, but because of the blood supply, then they start to see the bone decay, and then they realize they got to put a screw in it. Those take six to eight weeks. Uh, Decor ones would take four to six. Um, with the luxury, I can still see it being a, like a tendon release where they just, they're going to, you know, give him some extra time so he can really catch the ball if he's got to catch it. So, um, you know, blocking, all that stuff on the wrist, like it affects you. So say, you know, you jam up a guy a couple, couple reps and now it's your, now they're calling your number on a pass play and, you, and yeah. your, your wrist is throbbing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it could, you know, it's a game of inches. You, you drop one ball here, screw up a drive, take some momentum out. Next thing you know, you lose the game. And you're like, ah, I wish we would have had that play that Max could have caught it. You know what I mean? So Listen, I get it, man. It's a game of inches and inches yeah. and everything. And uh, yeah, it does mean a lot to people as well. Uh, yeah. Speaking uh, speaking of like injuries, and I, I want to touch on this last one here. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen. And uh, Josh Allen seems to be doing what he's doing. He seems to be back. He says, I feel like I'm back, Cap. That's just me. That's just my, that's my, I just, I'm not, I'm not believing it until we see him next week. But that last play before the half, the guy that's supposed to have the strongest arm in the game, I can throw that thing over the mountains, right? Like Uncle Rico. I mean, I can throw that thing forever. Dude, that looked like a duck. Is his shoulder affected still? Could it be. makes me wonder about that because that should be an easy right to the end zone, and that's yeah. a, that's another flick of the wrist for this guy. But it looked I like gotcha. he put a lot of gusto into that, and it still didn't quite make it to where it needed to be. So I'm wondering, just a bad angle or his shoulder still affected? Yeah, a couple things. So um, it's questionable, right? I could run you through a couple scenarios here. One, everyone's like, "Oh, it was the wind. It was the wind. It was the wind." Well, mm, okay. Some people are saying it wasn't windy at the time. Uh, who were there. So okay. I don't know. He was rolling left, which is hard to throw across body. Could might have had bad grip on the ball. There's a lot of variables, but you yep. you know, the, the man did sprain his UCL and chuck the ball 70 yards rolling to the left last year. Am right. I right? True. Correct. Yeah. So um I still think he had the AC joint, right? When he fell on his shoulder. It's been aggravated. Um he, they did run a QB sneak the play before, could have jammed it up a little bit, and it was That's still right. throbbing. That's another mm-hmm. scenario. Or number three, maybe it wasn't just his AC joint. Could have been a rotator cuff. Could have been a little labrum. And they also could have put some too, a little too much cortisone in there and made his rotator cuff weak. I don't know. Hey, that's now, healthy, man. Holy it bro. sure is. So I got, I got worried when I saw that ball. I was uh-huh. like – Okay, so I'm not right. it. Oh, I said it. And I told mm-hmm. man, they those stands came after me. So, um, <laughs> so they were saying, ah, no, no, win, win, win. So, um, he but he lasered that one in with uh on sauce. So I think his shoulder's good. I think okay. if I no, someone, you're right. He, just, he did laser that one in. That was yeah, big. I, I mean, someone should ask him, like, hey, what happened on that play? Maybe he can give some more information. Like, hey, I didn't have good grip on it. Or uh, uh, he, you know, he usually isn't. He wouldn't be too clear. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if. I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was anything benign. Like I said, like wind, bad grip. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he on that QB sneak. He, you know, he got some pressure on it. It was throbbing. It just didn't feel right for the next play. But like I told you, with the AC joint, right? You fall on it. It gets aggravated. It can affect you really easily the next sure. play or two. 
but then it kind of like the throb goes away and it feels normal again. Yep. So like later in the game, he goes to halftime. Maybe they shot it again. I don't know. Or maybe it, you know, it, it just took, took, some, took some, yeah. So moral of the story is the man can't, I get really worried he's going to get driven out of that shoulder because it, it's going to reflare it up. He's getting out of the window. Like sprains take about six weeks to heal, yeah. you know, um, minus like you keep re-aggravating. It kind of resets the clock. But yep. by the bye week, I don't, I don't see it going to be an issue unless he's got this underlying, uh, he tore his labrum a little bit or he had a little bit of a rotator cuff uh, yeah, yeah, strain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, we have the bye week coming up uh, after the Eagles. So this yeah. will be a. Uh... This is almost a nice time to get a buy. It's late, but it's uh, it's almost nice to get that buy. Uh, last but not least, I mean, listen, I'm just gonna get your your final take on it. Uh, in a in a you know, I mean, a couple a couple sentences. How did you feel about this this Jets game? Um, and and where we are at right now at six and five. Yeah, I think we got a lot of our swagger back. It's it was a good momentum builder. I mean, this is the litmus test coming up, yep. Eagles. I think the bye week runs in a great spot because you get you get a week off before the Chiefs. Yep. If they could squeak out against the Eagles, get a bye week, get healthy, get the Chiefs, then you got Dallas coming into town. We'd be red hot, take them out, and then I don't think there's stopping any of the momentum. We're gonna roll this the shit right into the playoffs. But um, it could easily go sideways. I mean, the Eagles can take us. I mean, the, the, they're three and a half point favorites for a reason. But uh, I definitely think with our best game we could take them as well. They didn't look that sharp, um, but they they do a lot of good things great. They seem like a very clutch team. So I'd like to see us get out in front of them, take it to them. It would be nice to really just smack them around, take that to the bye week. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't yeah, be I mean, nice? we, could, we could ramble on, but how do I feel? I feel like we got some momentum. I think the, uh, the coaching switch was the right move, it looks like. McDermott, with all those injuries, as much as we can crap Safe. on them, he is doing a good job Eight. with the defense right now. So sure. um, special teams a little, I mean, yeah, you had that big play, but like they had been a little bit of a, um, I didn't expect little, it. Little listen, bit, that was, that was yeah. like, it was well called right timing, everything. We're not thinking of it. And then they hit you. Yeah. You got to be ready. You got to be ready all the time. But they had another fluke. They gave up that, uh, that fake punt. I don't know what they saw on film, but they, uh, they got us there. So yep, I'd say did. special teams is the worst out of the three groups right now. Offense, get their mojo back. Uh, anything's possible. And Anything. Rico, if we hit stride right here, we pick up some of these big wins. Oh, roll into week 18 into Miami. It'll take those dangerous. take those suckers out. Be dangerous. I mean, the, the Super Bowl march is back on, baby. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my guy, Alex, the thigh doc, always comes through and gives us a little bit of insight. Uh, we're hoping that we can maybe those those injuries that we thought were – I mean, serious, maybe, I mean, a couple things, a couple things have to go their way, shake a couple cobwebs, and they're back in. Yeah. Uh, a little tidbit we didn't touch on, though. It looks like uh, Milano, Milano's getting shut down. So, Oh, yeah, it's it's sad, but, uh, I mean, I didn't expect it, man. You get an injury like yeah. that, and no, you're gonna, you got mangled up. Yeah, it's too, yeah. It's too tough. It's way but too Daquan, tough. But Daquan Jones can come back around the three-month mark, which would be, like, the last week or two of the season playoffs. But don't forget, it's a peck. So he's going to be weak. Don't expect much out of him, but he can definitely clog some holes. Listen, listen. Yep. We we will we will see because we got Living on Joseph starting to get his feet wet. Uh, oh, he's good. good. He has time to heal. He is good. Is he Haitian too? 
Uh, you know uh, what? With a, with a, with a name like Liva, he might be Jamaican. He might be Haitian. You never know, man. These Caribbeans, they got all these names, man. Ellington, you just never know. You know what I'm saying? These <laughs> these cats, they got these names, man. But I think listen, he was an overseas kid, though. I think he grew up overseas and then uh, and then moved to Florida when he was in high school. Hold on, if he I listen, think, let me. We're I think that's his story. Liva Joseph, you know what I'm saying? What is he? Is he Haitian? Let me see if his parents are Haitian because if he is, then Sakpas, hey, you know what I mean? That's what we gotta <laughs> we gotta find out. Uh, is Linda, is he Haitian? I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if he is or not. Oh, from Haiti to Jamaica. Ah, I'm not sure. I'm going to find out. But I appreciate ah, you, bro. Good we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. And uh, yeah. listen, we'll you catch week. you next week, buddy. Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. That's my guy, Alex Sidock. And, uh, and there we have it. So uh, before we come in with our, our next guest, um, I'm just going to play you a little, a little something-something. And then we're going to come back with my man, Carl. Jones in the building. So uh, we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> we'll right Underdog back. Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. In the Pick'em game, you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in that week's game for a chance to win big. And as you already know, I'm going Josh Allen higher in yards every single week. So sign up today with promo code Buffalo Fanatics and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with promo code Buffalo Fanatics to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I'm Ron Burgundy. That's what I felt like when I said uh, after these messages. Anyway, uh, folks. We're about to get into the nitty-gritty of the Jets and Bills game. Because, I mean, there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack. And uh, we're about to find out if Josh Allen is really back. Is Josh Allen back the way we need him to be back? We shall find out. But uh, let me know if my man Carl Jones is ready to go. Oh, shit. He only gave me one today. So I don't know what kind of energy he's on. But we're about to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, my man Carl Jones from News 8. From the Rock, can I call it from the Rock? I don't know. It sounds cool. I think people from Rochester like it being a Rock. I think they are all right with it. I think all right, okay cool, man. So, so from the Rock, baby, let's go. People from Cleveland, what is it? From the land? We from the land, baby. Come on, come on. Don't play with us like that. Come on. We <laughs> <laughs> from the land, baby. Let's go. All right, Mr. Carl Jones, man. Listen, we um, we are back at it. It's a little foggy in there, man. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know. He's getting heat out there or what? No, I don't know what's going on. It's definitely tripping, though. I'll tell you that. We good, though. We good. We still got you. We still got you. But listen, man, uh, this Jets, this last Jets game, Bills game, this was huge. The Bills knew they needed this. You could just tell the energy was was real, and they they knew what was up. And I mean, and it's a rivalry. I mean, we we gotta we gotta go back to when you play the teens in your division, you gotta, you really gotta not like them in order for this to, to really matter. You know what I'm saying? So, so talk to me about your overall thoughts on this, this Jets game, how it went down and, and observations as you made that you're like, okay, I see that. That's less legit. Well, first off is a win. I think. Yeah. You take away from the game. Uh, well, they've now- been struggling obviously over the past a little bit more over a month or so. So just coming away with a win, no matter who's the opponent, um, what's good for their perspective. Um, just some observations from the game. Obviously, the offense put up their most points that they had since week four. So um, they that was encouraging to see that them them looking like they're back on track to a certain extent. 
Um, and then for me, from my perspective, you know me, I'm looking at things from a defensive point of view and creating those takeaways, creating those turnovers, um, getting to the quarterback. That was good to see. I know the Jets' offense is atrocious. I mean, I sat through a, a Brown Steelers game, and that was bad football. And the Jets said, "Don't worry, I got, I got more for you. I got, I got, so, I got next." Yeah. So, um, but you can only play who's in front of you, right? And I think sure. that um, they they dominated like they were supposed to, and um, on the defensive side and offensively, there are some things where you can say you can build upon that. Well, I mean, I got listen. I got, I got, I'm gonna move away from from bill's talk for a quick second all right you play by the way i don't know how close you are with uh with your former coach uh dino babers i thought dino babers was supposed to be they were saying the end all be all and they loved him out there and they said yo the benchmark was seven seven and five baby and you didn't quite get there so you got to go i know it's a result driven business but did you expect this to happen with dino babers yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think I expected it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, obviously, having a personal relationship with him. And, right. I mean, that man was in my, my living room, right, recruiting me to his to that university. But it's a results-driven uh, business, you know, and it's tough to recruit and, and coach a Syracuse University program, especially with the talent maybe not being as great in the Northeast as it is in other parts of the country, the resources yeah. may not being there. Um, but the alumni don't care. The boosters don't care. They want a product out there on the field. So, um it's unfortunate. Never want to see anyone lose their job, but um, I kind of caught, saw it coming. Especially the program, you you would like to build upon the years, you know. And I know that um, seven, eight wins is unattainable every year, but you would like to see some growth at this point. So I know um, Dion has this thing where he says, "I'm bringing my Louis luggage." <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm bringing my Louis luggage. I'm bringing my stuff with me. So what he's saying is, he he. He's bringing some players with him. Was Dino Babers talking about, yo, I'm bringing my Swiss gear luggage? Is is that is it not good enough? Like, what is he bringing? Jetstream luggage? Like, what's going on? You're supposed to be bringing the Louis stuff. What 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 is he? Did just that the talent's not good enough? Like, he couldn't recruit hard enough. What is it? <laughs> the Dion Louis luggage. That that's a funny one. But uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, college sports is a lot different than the professional level. I mean, as a head coach. Recruiting is half of the battle, right? You got to have mm. the Jimmy and Joes out there to compete. And for whatever reason, I mean, obviously one of them is the fact that it is upstate New York. And I advise anyone who thinks recruiting to Syracuse, New York, is easy to go look on a map and see where the top 150 players are in high school football this year. Southeast, Texas, West Coast, and Ohio, Michigan area. Not a lot in New York, right? So um, it's difficult, but I mean – no one cares if how difficult it is. Go out there and do it. So it's unfortunate once again, and I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. It's 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 tough, and I feel for you, brother. I mean, he was in your living room saying, "Hey, man, come play for the program. Come play for this program because we're going." And and how how quickly life comes at you, it, it is sucks. I mean, ask Ken Dorsey; he knows what's up. About he's just chilling right now. So we get it. Uh, now there is a clip that I do want to play for you because you play defense, and I have a certain. It's funny because I was an offensive player. You play defense, I mean, obviously, in, in, in the meat and potatoes of your career. So drop tackling or hip, drop hip tackling. I, I don't know what they want to call it exactly. But there was a clip today, and I I loved it. You probably haven't seen it yet, uh, but it uh, it tickled it tickled my, my belly because I was like, okay, that's funny, but I'm not shocked by the person it came from. But in all seriousness, we do want to talk about this drop hit tackling because i want 
your opinion on it because I, I feel strongly about it. But listen to this clip first, and uh, I guarantee you, you laugh. If you don't laugh, I owe you $10,000. I'm telling you. Back in week four, and he went crazy about the Giants because they hip-dropped him, and he said, by the grace of God, he survived the hip-drop. And now we see Jordan Travis. What The problem is... What's that, crazy is... Yeah. The, the Geno let me, Smith let me one finish, was Richard. I'm, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Thank you. I, I'll, I'll so, let you speak, the, but you're not speaking from experience. So stop. So stop raising your voice, Skip. Okay. Talk to me, Skip. All right. It, it, are you gonna let me speak or not? I'm, I, well, you're okay. speaking on something you don't experience. You don't have no experience doing. So I mean, what, well, what I, point I've can you really the game make? For a lot longer than you've been alive. You covered yeah, the game. Yeah. I've actually played the yeah, game I, longer I than you it. ever played. So it. like, what we're okay. talking about is something that okay. actually happens in the game that does, you can't experience unless you play okay. it. Does Rich McKay know anything about football? Keyshawn, help me. <laughs> I get to keep my ten thousand dollars because I saw you laughing. So. uh Yo, Skip Bayless is tripping right now. Skip Bayless is absolutely out of his freaking mind. If he, his 70-year-old ass is going to talk about hip tackling and Jan McKay and all this. Fam, you're talking to a former NFL player that played at a high level. He's about to tell you about it. You're going, don't, don't interrupt me. I'm telling you about this. Fam, he, he, Skip Bayless is out of his freaking mind. I tell you, he, he is too much for me. But anyway, let's get into this hip tackle because I... I personally believe that you can control how you tackle some cats. Now, there's there is bang bang plays, which you totally get it. But that type of tackle, when you trailing behind someone, is obviously because you're. Yeah, I don't want to say your weight's not up, but you obviously can't bring down the guy how you want to. So you drop your hip on his legs, and that can be detrimental. Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you don't. Whether you've done it in the past or you know the technique, how how do you feel about it? Is it one of those things that should be outlawed? You can't do that, or you can't control that, man. You're just trying to bring the guy down. Yeah, it's a it's a touchy subject. Uh, first off, I think Sherman hits it hits him a little bit different because so obviously over the past 10, 15 years, the NFL has tried to remove the taking the helmet out of the tackle. They've right. they've done, they've tried to do that as best they can. And it's trickled down to college football, high school, and all that good type of stuff. And in doing so, another way that you can tackle without using your head is called the Seahawk roll tackle. And that's something that was implemented when I was in high school, which is a way that you take your head out of the tackle, you thud up, and you roll. That's the one way that has been teach, taught all around the country, and it's a way right. to not use your helmet. Right. In doing so, though, and teaching someone how to do a Seahawk roll tackle, which is – obviously implemented by the Seahawks and how they, so Sherman played for the Seahawks. So obviously it hits a little bit different for him, but in doing so though, it brings in more hip drop, hip drop tackles because you are rolling a little bit and how that tackle happens. Mm. So that's why I'm a little bit more sensitive to the fact that it shouldn't be outlawed because at some point, where do you want the defender to do? You told them to take their helmet from out of the tackle. I agree. I want to protect the defensive players more than anyone, you know, take your head from out of the tackle, my man. Like, I want you to have some quality living Absolutely. when you're 50 and 60 years old. But having said that, though, a way that we were like, all right, cool. All right, I'm going to take my head out the, out the tackle. But let me do the, the Seahawk roll tackle. And sometimes when that happens, you roll up on the defender and you drop your hip. So it's it's tough. And I know people want to compare it to how rugby banned the, the hip drop tackle. Well, rugby never had to worry about their head in the, in the tackle in the first place. They don't have helmets. So it's tough. It's difficult. I never want to see anyone get injured. Yeah, um, it's man. football. When you sign up, you're going to get injured. It's 100% injury rate for everyone out there. But it's tough because they they remove one problem but created another. So I know they're going to ban it. I mean, the NFL is always going to do stuff to help out the offense. You know they will. They, they, they are. 
but they're going to create another problem and who knows what the next one is. I got you, man. So uh, I need I need to ask you that because I, I was I was all for it and, uh, and and protecting the player. But then I'm like, yo, that's rough, though. You got Andrews coming in just trying to. And then the guy, in my opinion, that tackle in particular, he dropped his hip on his damn leg and he meant that shit. Like, I know he did. But ah, I was just trying to tackle. Nah, you meant that stuff. I mean, anyways, that, that's neither here nor there because it is a sensitive subject. You're just trying to do your job and bring the guy down. That's what you get paid to do. Stop the other guy, and that's what he did. So I, I had to ask for from a former player, and uh, and I mean, not too far out of the game, so you get it. So, uh, but now let's roll to this game. Bills and Jets, they take care of business. The and the real question is, is Josh Allen back? And I have to say, he looked really good. But now I'm I'm not conflicted per se, but like the offense couldn't have changed that much. It was a philosophy. Maybe you. it was, and I, I've been saying it before, and I'll say it again. Dorsey's voice grew stale. Like, there's only so much your message I'm retaining of your message. I need something refreshed. I need something new. And Josh Allen was able to, you know, reciprocate what he was getting from his helmet. And there was an energy. We're playing the Jets. It's a rival game. We know our backs are against the wall. So all those play a part. But is Josh Allen truly back? And that's the real question. And when he said it, I'm not going to lie. I cringed. I was like, ah, wait a minute. You're playing the Jets right now, fam. And I'm not going to poo-poo on the Jets because that Jets is a top five defense. So what you did offensively was against a very good defense. I ain't going to cap. But the on the offensive side of the ball, they didn't give you enough pressure for you to now, okay, I got a next series. I got to come out and perform because I'm going up against whoever. I mean, I'm going against Zach Wilson and Timmy Boyd. I'm sorry. But, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to do work. So – my question to you is, is Josh Allen truly back or do you need to see more consistency? I need to see it duplicated once more. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, anything. I don't care if they were in a slump or not. I want to see consistency with any anybody, you know what I mean? No once is it happening, you know. But it was good to see that he had his swagger back. He was having fun like they were all alluding to post-game. It, it was good to see that. But I think the biggest difference, and Dad and I have talked about this over the past month or so, they just didn't shoot themselves in the foot over the past – uh, mm. on, on Sunday, you know, now they did have the fumble that they recovered in the pocket, I believe in the second quarter, but they got out of their own way. There weren't a lot of pre-snap penalties. There weren't all these fumbles, interceptions. I mean, the interception before half doesn't count um, in my eyes. So I, I think that was the biggest difference. And I'm sure there's some minute details that Joe Brady implemented this week. Of course, like, of course, he did. everyone has their own little flavor, but like how much can you really change on a five day notice? You know, um, but I, I mean, you're saying that, you know, <laughs> hey, that's funny, right? There. I didn't hear that one 10,000 times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I didn't hear that one, especially when I played him in college. I was like, oh, this is weird. This is really <laughs> you <awkward."> play your twin. <laughs> yeah, I played him. I'm like, oh, that's awkward. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest difference, though, is just they, they took care of the football and um, and it led to, what, 32 points on a really good Jets team d- defense. I don't care how you slice it up. So I got a little note today because uh, because with that, with that whole – uh, is Josh Allen back and he's saying he is back which is cool and I like it if he's saying that he feels like he's back I believe him, right um, I want to believe him. let me put it that way I want to believe him. Um, and when players say it and they feel good that means I mean it's, it's great now Bill's fans have a have a thing about having recency bias and I refuse to be part of that group of the recency bias I like to I like to the look at the the big picture and not just the the small frame and a clip right and now Bills fans are like, yo, what I saw from the Eagles and the Chiefs, 
I ain't worried one bit. I could not believe my eyes what I was reading. I'm like, you looked at those were the two best teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, and they're playing each other once again. They have a bit of familiarity with each other. There's it's gonna be a grounded out, pounded out type of football game. Like, fam, if you're looking at that result from that game and think, as a Bills fan, I ain't worried. Did let me remind y'all, we are six and five. We went toe-to-toe with the Giants, the lowly Giants. We we did we lost against the Patriots. We lost our first game against the Jets, and I get it. So it's the first game. It, we, we got whooped by the Bengals. Like, what are we what are we talking about here, Bills fans? Like, learn to appreciate the win that we had, and then we're like, yo, this is a tough matchup. I ain't worried as much as when you read things like this, or as a player where you just got a, a, a big win. You're looking forward to the next game. Are you like, man, I saw them play uh, uh, Alabama State. Man, we got these guys. Nah, it's, every game is a matchup. And these, these fans that come out here and talk about, oh, I ain't worried. I just, I, I lose my mind. I'm like, it's matchup-based league. And the Eagles are no slouch. They actually have an offense, right? They're, they actually have an offense. They can actually put points on the board alongside a defense. How are Bills fans talking about, y'all? I ain't worried at all, man. I, I'm cool with when you see things like this, are you like, come on, son? Uh, well, I'm gonna give I'm you from two different. I know. No, I'm gonna give you from two different perspectives. From a player I perspective, bet. that's how I feel. Like I don't fear no man. Like fear no man, no team. Like I don't care if I'm. I, I played on some pretty bad Syracuse teams. I still didn't fear the person across from us. You know, like should we have known that we we're gonna lose to Florida State by thirty and forty? Yeah, duh. But like, it's not like I'm going into the game feeling like that. Like you feel like you prepared. So as a player, like I hope no player thinks they're like scared of anybody across from them. Like. You should never step on no field. It's too violent of a game to do that. Now, the other perspective, the fan, the everyone else and uh, that's not on the field that has anything to do with the game. I do think that situation is a little like I did find that those comments a little off. But to add some context though, to it, though, the Eagles are, I believe, eight and one or nine and one. But they aren't the same dominant team that they were last year. J- Jalen Hurts isn't using his legs as often. Is that the knee? Is that the design of the offense? Who knows? I know that's a big Philly talking point right now. The defense, especially the past, the secondary, isn't remotely close to what it was last year. Outside of Darius Slay, Avante Maddox's out there, nickel that I love watching a ton, um, is not healthy. They obviously lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So from like that perspective, the Eagles aren't the same Eagles. I know the record may claim that they're really dominant, and they are. I mean, you are what your record says you are, but they aren't the same exact team they were to this point. And then the Chiefs, I don't need to dive in. Um, the receiving, although the Chiefs defense is remarkable, maybe they top are. three for my money. Absolutely. Top five defense, man. Yeah, but I think you might be out there and go be able to catch some passes at this point for them. So uh, <laughs> it can't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so but I, like from that perspective, you see that performance. You're like, oh, they're beatable. So I, I think I wouldn't feel like that. But I, I, I see where people think like that. Listen, Andre Conquest, anytime that somebody wants to be real, they take it as he's being negative. Man, shut up, Andre Conquest. You don't know what the hell you talk about. Listen, man. You have to be a realist. There's there's drinking the Kool-Aid and saying and being in the moment. And like, man, I saw what these guys did. Like, listen, the Eagles team is a damn good team and it's matchup based. You see the speed that they have a risk. You see the speed that they have at the receiver spot. You see the strength. And I'm gonna tell you, let me remind you, don't forget, AJ Brown has given the Bills fits when he was with the Titans, and now he's gonna be with the Eagles. It's not, it's no different. Like it's like you some some Bills fans forget. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's I'm here. If I could be the guy that reminds you. Temper the excitement. I get it. But we we got we're six and five. <laughs> we're six and five. We're not nine and two. We're six and five. So uh we don't have the luxury to be like, man, 
we got this. Now we we are fortunate to be in the position we're in at, at, at above 500, still in it in the in the AFC East. Well, fam, we're about to go through gauntlet. This is where it really counts. The Jets was a, a nice start because they had a very good defense. So it was a good, it was a good barometer to get things popping. But like now, when you're going up against a guy that can put points on the board, now it's back and forth. Now it becomes ping pong, right? And we go from there. But for those that are like, oh, you're negative. Man, go sit your soft ass down somewhere. But anyway, we go, we go, we go move on. Um, now there were some ballers in this game. And uh I I I have to I had listen, if you if you know the DB position, it's it's not it's not one of the easiest positions to play. And Rasul freaking Douglas. Rasul Douglas, folks, PFF Buffalo uh has Rasul Douglas in week elections, the Jets. 96.3 PFF grade first amongst defenders. Kudos to that brother, man. He's what three weeks onto the team and he's here doing this thing. 89 grade on the run defense, second among DBs. He was targeted four times, zero receptions allowed, two interceptions with a 0.0 passer rating and a fumble recovery. My man, Rasul Hatrick Douglas. My man had three turnovers that game. Unbelievable. What a way to, to, you know I mean, insert yourself as a, one of the team's leaders, a, one of the team performers, kudos to that brother, man. How, how difficult is it to just come onto a squad three weeks ago, get the verbiage, get the lingo. Uh, you, you mean, understand what everybody's assignments are and perform the way you did. Like I know we're playing the Jets, but that's impressive. Nonetheless. That was an impressive ball game from him. I'm not going to lie. Uh, watching it in real time. You, you're like, wow, he's balling. I mean, Obviously, me, I'm fangirling over the rep he had in the cover four pick on Garrett Wilson early mm. on in the game. I mean, that was – I know I use the word teach tape a lot. I use the phrase, you know, drill to, to to game. But, like, it doesn't get much better than that in terms – like, me and my friends were actually talking about that clip uh, this morning. Like, it doesn't get much better than that play right there. But he also um, is just around the ball. And I think at the trade deadline when Brandon Bean uh, referred to Douglas talking about, like, oh, he's just a guy who has a knack for making plays right and that, those are the guys who go above and beyond the playbook and i think that's the difference between what the bills have maybe had at the cornerback position outside of trey white in the past they got good players who can execute the play call you know guard the guy in front of you you know or get deep in cover three or in cover two sit in your little cloud coverage and do your res- responsibility there but what the great players do and i'm saying he's a great player but what he does what he is great at is playmaking and making plays on the ball they go above and beyond the playbook in yep. that situation he was not supposed to undercut any route for Gary Wilson on that Gary Wilson play. He's on top of the route. He's supposed to be his responsibility, but he jumped it because he has those innate instincts to make plays. And then the same thing on his cover two interception. I promise you, no playbook is going to tell no cover two corner to jump that route, but he just felt it. He felt it. He had it's the instincts to do so. Awareness. So I, it, it, exactly. So I think that is what's encouraging to see from that perspective because they really didn't have that. Dane Jackson is a very solid corner. Doesn't really have those. Um, innate instincts, which is fine. Like, I mean, those what separates the elite corners, good corners from everyone else. And he's only 20 years old. He's 28 years of age. And he's what? He's got what? Another year on his contract. I can't see Bean letting him walk. This is where things get interesting because now you got Rasul Douglas. Now you're, you're obviously, uh, you're, you're, you've got to do something with the second cornerback spot when Tredavious White returns. Does he return to what he used to be? But at least, you have depth because you have Dane, you have Benford, and you have a returning, obviously, Tredavious White with Rasul Douglas. Now, that that combination, 
uh, is quite nice, but it's not, you're not healthy. And so, I mean, so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, Achilles is so tricky. Everybody returns differently on how they play. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers thinking he'd come back this year. So we'll see how that plays out. But nonetheless, uh, very interesting to see how Rasul Douglas has performed. He's doing well. I am a little worried, though, man. Dane Jackson out. Uh, I mean, who knows if he's gonna if he's gonna get healthy enough to come back next week? Um, and then obviously Teron Johnson. This is tough, man. Uh, how how as a D, as a DB, you're looking at this. I'm like, all right, man. I got Rasul Douglas. I got. I mean, they even they put Cam Lewis in before Saran Neal at nickel. So that tells you that they want they want. I mean, coverage and not a liability. We're we're we're. Eesh. It's tough right now for the DB room, man. We just keep getting hit, hit and hit. Uh, how do you recover with this? How does McDermott, you know I mean, move around this? And what what does he do with the scheme now? Is he gonna blitz more? Is he what 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 can a defensive coordinator do knowing that the, you've got these injuries? Well, one way to help out a banged up DB room or secondary is pressure up front. So I mean, if the guys up home up, up front can win, that helps out with all the creativity creativity stuff that you can do on the back end. So um, if the front four can get a consistent pass rush. That helps out with a secondary that might be down to practice squad players at this point at certain spots. So I think that's one way. Now, up against the Eagles offensive line, which is stupendous, right? Now, the Chiefs did make them look mortal yesterday, which is actually shocking to see. But um, that's one way that you can get around a uh, a secondary that is pretty banged up. Um, So we'll see how they combat that because you're right. It doesn't look pretty right now in terms of Taron, Dane, Taylor Rapp, um, all – suffering variety of injuries on sunday afternoon so those fans are, are starting to uh starting to voice their um disappointment maybe they're starting to voice their their concern with a in particular pass rusher on this team uh and he goes by the name of von miller uh, von miller obviously we know that he's coming off of Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Obviously, a gruesome ACL injury, uh, and people are kind of, you know, saying are growing impatient, if you will. Um, coming off an injury like that, it's it's one of those things where everybody heals differently. And I know that's how some folks felt about Trey White when he returned. He wasn't quite the same player coming back. So, should we have a level of grace for Von Miller coming in on a position where you got to get down, bend back? I mean, stop on a dime and return. Like, should we not have a level of grace? By the way, shout out to Laura Wright. She knows what she's talking about right there. I know she knows what she's talking about. A level of grace for my guy. Look, I ain't no doctor. Never claimed to be. I mean, the closest I ever became, uh, became to a doctor was that little uh, game. That little, uh, little uh, what was that game where you can kick the bones out or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's the closest I ever got to being a doctor. But the Von Miller thing, I think it, it, it's either one or two things. Either his age is caught up to him, which makes it more difficult to return from an injury like that. Or it's just based off the fact that we all recover from the ACL injuries different. I mean, I have a, a best friend of mine who did it twice. One of them was pretty standard to recover from. The other one he struggled with a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I do think the biggest difference, and my friend, this is what my friend told me as well, 
um, when I first asked him about this Von Miller injury. Healthy football players need two to three months to ramp up for a football season. I mean, you need that June, July, and August to get ready. For, it's just the nature of football. You need to get your body ready for that sport. Facts. Well, Von Miller during that three-month span was rehabbing. Now he's he's easing in on the fly, which isn't easy. Now, that could be the case, and also could be the case that father time is, is knocking on the shoulder. I don't know. I'm not going to sit up here and, and say either way. I really don't have a strong opinion on that either way, but it's either one of those two things. I get it, man. And some people are getting impatient. I'm like, and folks, you got to have some patience with Von Miller. I mean, and you know what? Maybe this is his, his ramping up. Because once we hit week 17, week 18, and we're close to me, I mean, potentially being postseason, when you really need him, it's going to be in the postseason. So if this is his ramping up time, then allow him to ramp up because we've, we're blessed enough to have depth on this team. I mean, Shaq Lawson getting on the action. We, I mean, Shaq Lawson, get, listen, this is a guy that I thought was probably going to get, get cut in the offseason. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, listen, I'm glad I'm wrong because he's been a contributor. Right now, you've got Ed Oliver playing like he's he's Mr. Edward. You feel me? He's doing what he's supposed to do, and Greg Rousseau's holding it down and doing a fantastic job. And he's stout. And I know some people are trying to get after Greg Rousseau. Hey, what happened to Greg Rousseau? Yo, he's holding it down. Notice that not a lot of teams can run on us, and that's a lot to do with Greg Rousseau. So have some respect for Mr. Rousseau, my Haitian sensation. But anyway, we're gonna keep it pushing uh, because big news came out earlier today with uh, Shaq Leonard, Shaquille Leonard, right? released from the Colts. And uh, I had a, I have a homie of mine that uh, that uh, does coverage for the Colts. And uh, he, he play. I, it's on my Twitter, so go check it out. And uh, he gives you the reason behind the release of Shaq Lawson. And, excuse me, Shaq Lawson, Shaquille Leonard. And really, at the end of the day, what it comes down to, I'm not going to play the whole video because it's four minutes long, but what it comes down to is opportunity. He wasn't getting the opportunity to get on the field, and I guess he was becoming a bit of a, a bit of distraction when re reporters would ask him some questions he'd be like yo i'm not playing not getting not, not getting playing time he didn't go the high road he went with i'm gonna keep it buck and i'm gonna tell you i'm not getting the playing time that i should exert da, 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 da. and then on top of that performance is not as good as where it's supposed to be especially with what he's getting paid what you get paid and how you're supposed to perform is supposed to match and a lot of times we want it to match but sometimes it doesn't. And now that's why I see people trying to say, hey, what's up with my man Von Miller? But the boy just got injured, right? He's trying to get back. So let's let's pump our brakes a little bit. But Shaq lost, excuse me, Shaquille Leonard is available. But here's the thing what people don't realize. And my man Bobby made a great point, right? And my man Bobby Ray, shout out to my man Bobby Ray, uh, comes to and says, yo, it doesn't actually make any sense for us to, for the Bills to bring in Shaq Leonard, right? The linebackers we have are filling in very nicely, actually, he doubts that Leonard would even be much of an upgrade for just a half a season games left. Plus, long term, you got Milano coming back next season to play next to Bernard that's doing an absolutely great job. So, really, there's no fit for Shaq Lawson. And I know people want to bring it, and it's a great point because it'd be nice to bring the talent onto the squad. But if you look at it, even this week, Terrell Dotson was graded excellent on PFF. He was actually one of the better linebackers graded this week. So, We've got some depth at the position. There will be no need to bring in a Shaq Lawson unless you say otherwise. How are your thoughts on bringing in a former star or somewhat star now? He's trying to get his way. Maybe just the fit's not there. Would you bring in a, a linebacker to the squad? Does that mess up the chemistry or there's no such thing? You bring talent and talent will show how it's supposed to be done. 
I think talent will show whatever like trumps okay. all in, in his in his business. But I think the Shaq Leonard conversation is a little tricky. For one, he did have a back injury last year that sidelined him for majority of the year last year. And to a lot of Colts beat writers, he hasn't quite been the same player since. Mm. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that his backup, Zaire Franklin, shout out to Syracuse, uh, played with him for a few years, uh, is the leading tackler in the NFL, and it's hard to take him off the field. So, so that's the player who took advantage of the opportunity with Shaq Leonard not being there. So it's a combination of your backup came in and balled out, and then also a back injury where, you know, back injuries are nothing to mess with. And he, I mean, apparently to uh, the Colts beat writers, he hasn't been the same player to a certain extent. Now, would you bring him in? Similar to a, a Fournette, if, if the opportunity arise, practice squad and see where the fit goes in that scenario. But, I mean, you don't release good players in the middle of November just because. So I think there's something there that's um, that's – that's not not all the way right, but um, so, we'll see how that arises. I wouldn't expect him to be an active player day one if the Bills were to bring him on. I think it'll be more of a peace squad route and see what happens from there. Yeah, and it's, listen, if the, the chemistry is right, you don't want to mess up the chemistry. I mean, Christian Kirksey was on the squad early, but it was early, and uh, I guess he realized, y'all, I ain't going to get on the field, so I might as well just kind of pump my brakes. Uh, speaking of pump brakes, Leonard Fournette. Might have to pump his brakes on maybe potentially get on this 53-man roster because my man Ty Johnson didn't look so bad getting on the field. And James Cook has been looking fantastic. And I know you and I disagreed about the benching. I mean, we maybe they benched him a little too long. I mean, I, I thought you were getting soft on me for a bit, but you said, no, no, it was warranted. It was warranted, but maybe the length of time that he was on the bench was a little different. But I felt it was apropos. You mean you want to fumble? That's how much it hurt us. Sit on your ass, sit your ass on the bench, and then when you're ready to come back, because when he has come back, he's run the best he's ever run since the fumble, right? So, how talk about how refreshing it was to see offensive coordinator Joe Brady, because we're gonna get into Joe Brady a little bit. Offensive coordinator Joe Brady obviously showcasing not just the run game per se, but using the backs out of the backfield and actually giving them the football for crying out loud. Ty Johnson hasn't played all year. He gets into the game. He scores a touchdown on reception. For crying out loud, man. Let's talk about it, man. The running back position and Joe Brady's ability to showcase the skill set that we have in the running back. Yeah, I think it's more of an uh, intent from into the mm-hmm. into the into the passing game. I think Josh Allen Josh Allen was quicker to I'm not gonna say check it down because some of those weren't check downs, but quicker to go down to the backs. And I and you can say what you want about the LSU Joe Brady experiment, but I, as someone who was in college football during that time period, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a huge factor in the passing game at LSU that year. Mm-hmm. Just massive mark. Um, that was one of the things that I figured as soon as they brought him on to be the OC. Obviously, you can do what you want with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, but how they used Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was massive. I mean, so massive, it got him drafted into the first round. So, uh, yeah, I think that is one thing that they've – uh, they saw last week, and we'll see how much they continue to do that because James Cook is a guy who you would like to see open in open field. And then um, Ty Johnson showed last week that he can uh, – oh, yeah, by the way, happy belated. I didn't know that. Happy belated, my man. But yeah, Ty Johnson showed that. You, like that. you don't you don't wish no brother a happy birthday, and now you just want to you want to throw it in because somebody else said it. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what happened because I didn't know it was your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> no, but and, and everything, everything you're saying, it, it totally it makes sense. And and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, by the way, was drafted entirely too high. He had no business being drafted in the first round. I don't know what Andy Reid was thinking. And I was like, I bet. And right now he's relegated to what 
second and third back on the squad. You know what I'm saying? McKinnon is even getting more touches than that brother. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I love the fact that he is using his back because James Cook is, this is what he was known for coming out of Georgia. Get him the football in space and let him do what he does, right? And we finally get to see it. So now we've opened up like a new portal of offense to this team. So now teams are going to like, hold on now. Things have changed. But here's the thing, though. I want to get into it. Joe Brady versus Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey had this at his arsenal. You had this. It took a guy one game to change things up. And part of me, this is the, the skeptic in me, right? You're the quarterback's coach. Dorsey's the offensive coordinator. Coach has been talking about how everyone's inputting it. And he loves the communication. That was his last press conference. He was talking about it. Were you holding back, Joe Brady? <laughs> were you holding back on saying, yo, fam, we got to use the running backs, man. Let's throw the... Or were you like, yo, I'm waiting for my turn. When he gets fired, I'm, I'm about to show up. Fam, like, it's just weird because you had, you couldn't change the offense that much for that little wrinkle to change everything. It's just odd. But sometimes it's it's about the play caller. It's about the feel. And maybe Ken Dorsey was just losing touch on the field. And Joe Brady, this is where he excels. I just don't get it. But, I mean, you would... It's not one of those things where you forget you to rebuttal. It's just it's one of those observations I made. I was like, but like how? And I'm sure a lot of people are talking about it, but I'll take it. We're on the end where we look good. But I, I do think with that conversation right there, though, Joe Brady comes from the Sean Payton tree. Okay. Before he got to LSU, he was uh, GA and spent a few years yep. in New Orleans under Sean Payton. And anybody who's ever watched a Sean Payton offense and New Orleans Saints offense, especially under Drew Brees, the running backs were heavy utilized. So mm-hmm. obviously Joe Brady took that from his time in New Orleans, took it to his time, with obviously the Tigers, where they led to one of the best offenses of all time, in my opinion, the best, and then tried to implement that in Carolina. But CMC, with Christian McCaffrey was never on the field. He was never healthy right? Um, for a, a lot of other issues. I'm sure Jay, Joe Brady had some blame as well as to why maybe that offense. And Matt Rule was a hater. Matt Rule was a hater. I don't know who was hating on who, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, that is something that he clearly feels very I'm not say passionately about, but that is something that is in his repertoire and his tool belt that he wants yep. to implement wherever he goes. Well, it, it's it's just refreshing because now I, I went from a, a I questioned James Cook. I knew he was a good back, but I'm like, show me what is good about him. That's what my my stance has been. But everyone's like, hey, you're hating on Joe on on Cook because you think he's trash. Nah, it's not even like that. I want to see what everybody's telling me what's so good about him. I haven't seen it yet. And now these past two games has shown me that a he's tough. He got blasted. By C.J. Mosley and Quinn Williams, woo! And you know what? I loved it because it showed me that he could take a hit, get back up, and take another what six carries or seven carries. That tells me he's got some toughness to him. That's what I wanted to see. But people are are so in in their feelings they don't realize what I'm trying to get out of my running back. That's that's playing for the team that I root for. So it was nice to see some toughness, some grittiness from James Cook. And I tell you, that fumble had everything to do with it. Holding on to the football, you're gonna get blasted. It was nice to see. But the, the the running back room is versatile right now. And I don't see any room for Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette must be like, I signed in the wrong place, damn it. I don't know if I'm going to get some time on the field. But hopefully everybody stays healthy and he doesn't have to come on the field. But, like, I can't see any room for him, man. I just can't see any room for that brother coming on the field, man. I feel bad for him. But he's on a roster, at least. He's not sitting on the couch. That is true. It was the point that Thad made as soon as the, uh, the signing happened. Um, especially when you're not a starter in the NFL, you need to contribute to special teams. And if you're especially going to be the third running back on game days, Ty Johnson provides more on that unit than Fournette would. So now you're taking another player who can do special teams off the field. And now Fournette and Latavius Murray, which I presume they brought Fournette in to be the hammer to a certain extent to James Cook's um, splash 
to that extent. So, I mean, if Ty Johnson is running down on kickoff, I Fournette ain't ran down on kickoff a day in his life. I promise you that. Uh, it might not even been a been a pump protector, uh, pump protector back in his day. So, I think that's going to be where the uh, maybe an injury arises where he gets his chance because I don't know. I, I don't know where it comes this, from. This is a point that I made the other day because I'm like, okay, so if Leonard Fournette is going to find a place on this team, can he play special teams? Yeah, he's no. gonna have to be an L five and run down and try to knock somebody head off. I mean, that's just legit. Like, you're not just gonna sit and take five snaps a game. Like, that's just not how that so, works. And then, and the, then the question becomes: Is would he be willing to do that? Are you? Are you? Does he? Does he still feel like he's a starter? Does he still feel like he's a guy that shouldn't be? I'm not relegated to special teams. I'm not that guy. But hey, you wanna you wanna play? You're gonna have to do that. That's just the way it is. If you wanna play on this team with McDermott running things, so it's very interesting. So, uh, we're we're near the the end of our show but i mean we we always get into the good the bad the ugly and uh i mean let's let's get right into the nitty-gritty we'll get into the good i mean there's a lot of good things uh that stood out in this game was there something that stood out for you that not a whole lot of people are talking about right now or is it pretty standard that i mean listen we knew who played well we knew who excelled but is anything that stood out to you that like man not a lot of people are mentioning this but this was great I mean, I've seen some people talk about it. I think Tyrell Dodson for the game that he put on was really darn good. And um, some of that has to do with the fact that, you know, the Jets aren't this really explosive team in terms of the past game. So it, 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 it limits a little bit with some of his weaknesses to his game. You know, he doesn't have to be put in space often. But regardless, the man was out there. He was snuffing out screens, um, really active, I would say, getting over pullers and all that good type of stuff. Um, and then also the forced fumble. I mean, I'm take away, take away, take away, baby. I'm all for that. So. I thought he was someone who really uh, played well on Sunday. My man uh, Terrence Bland says, "Yo, Rico just wants Jim Brown in the backfield. He'll never be satisfied." You know who I would have been satisfied with? Reese Hall. You guys already know that. I'm not missing my words, so y'all can back off already. <laughs> but anyway, let me. Let, I digress because you guys always try to get me to freaking mention the running back position. Uh, but let's talk about it because James Cook was great, and I'm gonna go right to James Cook. James Cook was solid in this game. I'm happy to see a new life in James Cook because how he's been running these last two games has been the best he's been running since he's been a bill. I know he's had a hundred yard games. I know he's had some explosive games, but he hasn't been running the way he's been running these last two games. Last game against the Denver Broncos. He was running with some anger. This game he's running with some confidence, right? And the more these running backs touch the ball, the better they get down the line, right? You give the ball to Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis is going to take some time to heat up. But, boy, once he gets to 15 carries, 16 carries, now he's the problem, right? And James Cook ain't obviously Jerome Bettis. But I'm going to tell you right now, you keep giving that brother the ball, man, he's going to find a crease, and he's taking it to the house. So I like what I saw from James Cook. James Cook, this is an element that we've needed. And if this is when you want to bring this element, this is great. Midseason middle to the end of the season now we start to run on these four, these boys i'm loving every bit of it so that was the the good that i took away from this uh obviously we know that rasul douglas and his defense came out to play uh they were stifling they didn't let they didn't let that brother zach wilson do anything zach wilson is an absolute train wreck he's a train wreck and this this brother was nice at byu athletic can get out of the pocket i don't know what it is about quarterbacks that go to new york and they just don't pan out they don't pan out man they used to say this Quarterbacks that came out of Ohio State, whenever when they, whenever they went to the NFL, they just they poop. Hey, chill on Ohio State, man. Chill on Ohio State. We ain't doing that. I nobody. like Cordell Jones. I thought Cordell Jones was the black Ben Roethlisberger. I you can talk about anybody. Don't talk about Ohio State like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what I'm saying? that's that's what it is. But CJ Stroud came through. It was like, yo, bump all that. 
we doing things right now. So at the end of the day, I like I like what I'm seeing from this running back room. I like what I saw from this defense. This defense came through and did what they're supposed to do, and uh, we're rolling. Now, let's go to the bad. I know it's going to be tough, but this game, there were some things that didn't that didn't go so well. Uh, let's talk about the bad. What uh, Anything that stood out to you, that's like, ugh. And the chat, this goes for the chat as well. If you're watching this game, there were some things that you probably didn't like. You didn't like to see. So voice it out. Let me know. Hashtag it, the bad, and let me know what your thoughts are. Carl Jones, anything that stood out to you that was bad? Yeah, short and simple. The the conversion on the special teams play that the Jets uh, Jets made, that's not good. Uh, I, I kind of saw it right away. I mean, because I played that anti-missile position in college a lot. Yep. They were single covering that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say, I'm like, I, I don't know about, I don't know if I like that scenario right there, where especially where the Jets were on the field. They were in that position on the field, 35 to the other 35, where you were, that's where you're, 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 your mind's going a little bit. All right, this is the place where they can yep. fake punts and all that. Like, you know that throughout the week, right? So I thought that was that wasn't encouraging. And that was the only drive that the, the Jets scored on all day. It's, and listen, we, caught, we got caught sleeping. We got caught sleeping at the wheel. And uh, they caught us. We call, we call that they caught us lacking. You know I'm saying they caught us lacking and they caught us. And that's what, sometimes that happens, right? But then now you you kind of wake up and say, okay, we can't let that thing happen again. So uh, does anything else stand out to folks in the chat uh, about you know, saying the good, the bad, the ugly? Let me let me just get right into it. I love the fact that we were able to spread the football around. We put 32 points up, um, and we didn't even go to our major hitters, right? Stephon Diggs was kept to under five receptions. Uh, Gabe Davis was held to zero receptions. But the thing that stands out to me the most, ladies and gentlemen, is the lack of usage out of Gabe Davis. And I'm not even hating on Gabe Davis. And I know that offensive corner Joe Brady came out and was like, listen, I think he would have been, the, I think he was the MVP of, of, man, cut the bullshit. All right, Joe Brady, cut the bullshit. He was a help in setting things up as a decoy. But this is two games now where he's been a non-factor offensively. That can't be good. When we go up against guys that are legit, let's, say, let's just say the rookie turns into a rookie. He starts doing rookie mistakes, and they take away Stefan Diggs. You're going to need someone to step up and handle the responsibilities. And the lack of usage out of Gabe Davis is concerning. Are they going to fix it? 1,000%. They're, they have to fix it. But I don't like that, what, three games now? Two or two out of three games? He's been a non-factor. You can't have that. So that's the thing that stood out to me initially in the bat. Um, and I, did, I, maybe I, did we go to you already? Yes, we did talk to special teams. So uh, we got to go to ugly now. Here's the ugly. This one's tough to kind of find an ugly. No, it's easy for me. Oh, what you got? Man, the secondary lost three players in like eight <laughs> plays. It's, that's, that's nasty. That's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was the the ugly for me because uh, that hurts you going forward, especially with the margin for error with the record that they have right now. I mean, that's why you you want to take care of business in the beginning of the season so you have some leeway, right? Obviously, no game is a throwaway game in the NFL. Every game is difficult, but you don't leave yourself for much margin for error when you have the record that they have at this point. Um, but yeah, losing. Um, Dane Jackson, Taylor Rapp, Dane Jackson, all different prognoses at this point, obviously going forward. But that was ugly because, I mean, for one, you never want to see the ambulance come onto the field for any player, anybody. Nice. And it's it's becoming an all-too-familiar scene with the Bills at this point. So uh, 
obviously it seems that he's okay and he's trending in the right direction in that regard. But yeah, the ugly was just one position room literally got hammered in like nine plays. That's tough. It's, it's the position room of all things, man. That's it, it is nasty. I'm not gonna lie. Um, for me, this was a tough one, man. I, I couldn't quite um pinpoint uh the ugly for me. Uh, I'm gonna buy myself some time here uh because I'm wavering between two of them, but I think I'm gonna I think I've settled with one. But uh, Eric Bruce comes in with a super chat. Eric, I appreciate that super chat, my G. I appreciate that very much. He comes in and says, Hey, I was at the game and did not like the continued shotgun in the first half. Put Josh under center. Play action, it works. And I think that is something that I mean, don't forget, Joe Brady had to put a game plan together on a short week. So the more time that he's going to have with game planning and game planning the team he's going to play, I think the more they'll figure out what works. And don't forget, like my man Carl Jones said, don't forget, Josh Allen signs off on certain plays as well. So if if he's like, yo, bump all that that under center crap. I like shotgun. I want to see stuff. Offensive coordinator is going to listen to him. But if, you, if you're an alpha and you're not a beta, you're going to be like, Mr. Mr. Allen, I respect everything about you, but you're gonna run my offense because we just we just witnessed what what happens when you did things the way you want to do things. Now it's my show. Let's roll. I know Carl Jones is feeling that. He's like, gee, that boy's spitting right now. But um, let me get to let me get to my man uh, Cardero, my man, Mr. Linder. What's up, Cardero? Linder's been a minute, my man. He goes, Happy birthday, bro. Let James cook. Go Bills. Go George. I know my man. He's a Georgia guy, so he's always gonna be. A James Cook fan, and I'm glad that you put in shame to my man uh, Carl Jones because he forgot my birthday. But it's all good, baby. We're gonna keep it rolling. That's right, boy. I'm put. I'm putting you on the spot. Um, so let's let's keep it moving. So uh, for me, the ugly is the fact that we, first of all, I gotta give a shout out to Sledge. I gotta give a shout out to Reggie Gilliam. Reggie Gilliam came out and set the tone. He set the tone, and and it was a wrap from there. However. We get the ball back, and we only put three points. We get we you know, we we get in, in zone, and we put up three field goals. So I'd rather those turn into six, obviously. But when we go up against better teams, man, we got to turn those threes into sixes. And uh, and I I don't even want to put it as ugly because it's really in the bad. I didn't really see much ugly because I mean Carl Jones hit it. He's uh, yo the injuries are nasty as is, but these these threes are great. For this game in particular, because we know on the offensive side of the ball, they ain't going to move the ball on us. They're not. You know I mean? So you can get away with these threes. But when you go up against a guy like team like the Eagles, the Chiefs, you mean the Cowboys, they can put points on the board. Those threes cannot suffice. You got to go for six. And uh, and that's the way I see it in this regard. Um, and a few more seconds, segments before we get out of here. Um, milk carton alert. You know what it is. Yeah, you know, slide that thing over. Yeah, you got it. Uh, is there anything that that you felt that was missing? Someone was missing. Something was missing. Man, I, you you got me here because I forgot all about this segment. I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna have to pass. Uh, I nah, I don't have no one off the tip of my tongue. You don't I mean, have you to. Just, yeah, you don't have you, to. You, don't have you to, said man. the Gabe Davis thing, and I think that's for. It's kind of hard to give everyone involved, especially when they didn't really pass the ball in the fourth quarter. But Back. um um yeah i don't know if i got one right now i don't you know what for me um and i think i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna stick on you mean the 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 missing player in gabe davis because the thing is gabe davis is a skillful player like i'm not gonna see him but yo he trash and that's why he is that is he limited of course he's limited not everybody's got a full tool bag of of tricks in their bag you know what i'm saying he's limited but 
we've got to find where where we where he excels at the most, right? I know they love to send him on a decoy and send him deep all the time, but like he's not a four three guy, but he does have long strides, which is he's got deceptive speed. I don't get it, but like find ways to get him in that possession role. I know some people mentioning yo throw him in the slot, throw him in the slot, let him sit down in little coverages and and, and let Khalil Shakir and my man Diggs take on the outside. I mean, it all it, it's all semantics at this point. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna stick to with Gabe Davis. I'd like to see more of Gabe Davis. I'm not doing it in a negative way, like yo, he trashed, but I'd like to see more because it's gonna come time where they not only bracket Stefan Stefan Diggs and Kincaid may not have his best day. We're gonna depend on somebody else. Gabe Davis has to come through for Josh Allen. Josh Allen can't do it all by himself. So uh that being said, folks. That's it for us. I mean, we got a big game next week, um, and I don't get a chance to talk to you when it comes to the previews. So any any things you want to drop ahead of time with these Bills jumping into the, you know, saying into uh, Philly Stadium, they're going on the road, which they're not great on the road, but they're going on the road to Philly, which is a hostile play. play. What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a great game. I mean, I. There are some things where, as you talk about, it's week-to-week league, matchup-based, and all that good type of stuff. I think there's some matchups on both teams that can be exploited. Like I just mentioned earlier, the Eagles' secondary isn't great. They're stout against the run. I know the Chiefs kind of exploited that yesterday, but the Chiefs kind of had their number in that regard because they did the same thing in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But um, the Eagles' secondary isn't great. I think that's one um, part of the game where the uh, the Bills could look to exploit. Um, and then also figure out a way to attack Jalen Hurts and make him uncomfortable. Because I think that's one thing that the Chiefs did really, really well. I mean, it helps having Trent McDuffie, helps having Chris Jones. It helps. Well, you, having... love, you love that Trent McDuffie, don't you, boy? Hey, it's, <laughs> hey, look, when, when, when Thad and I were doing the draft prep stuff, I mean, Stingley and Sauce were by far the two best corners. But for, sure. for all the zone, zone stuff that the Bills run, Trent McDuffie would have just been a perfect fit for what the Bills do. So uh, I, I think that's hurts. who they're trying to get, but he was off the board quick, and then they made that grave mistake. I mean, I don't want to call it a mistake. I, I am going to call it a mistake. I got to stand yeah. on it. I got to stay on my chest. They made a mistake, a grave mistake with grabbing you-know-who. Um, when they could have grabbed you-know-who. You know what I'm saying? That's doing good things on the Jets. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But Trent McDuffie would have been a big pick for this team, man. But you know what? Some things come out great. We have a cheap deal on Rasul Douglas. I mean, now nah, he's not going to be too cheap when we got to sign his ass back. Uh, but nonetheless, cap goes up. Things change. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have a nice veteran field but that that trip mcduffie man that's a that's a stud that's a stud right there on that eagles team so uh, on the on the chiefs but yeah i mean you're right man we 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 got to bring it to the eagles man make jalen hurts uncomfortable and he's not having that massive a year right uh, so- now some of that has to do with the fact that the eagles once they completely removed him from the run game they haven't really used jalen hurts as often in that I'm sure the injury had a lot to do with it, or maybe they just didn't want to use him as often as much as they did last year. Mm. But so they're, they're going through some kinks in terms of how they want to get back to that explosive attack they had that uh, last year. Last but not least, for me, has nothing to do with this game on su- uh, Sunday, but I told you I'm from Ohio, so go Bucks. I don't care about that team up north. Whoever in Michigan, from Michigan in the chat, I don't like y'all this week. None of that blue stuff. Um, but it's cool, though. After the game at 3.30 or whatever, I'll be cool with anybody from that state up north. But go Bucks, go Ohio, OH. All that good type of stuff. Did you did you just give did you just give us one of these? Yeah. Look, I know I played at Syracuse, but like, don't get it twisted. I'm I'm. I'm you're from, a, you're I'm from a, the land. I'm from. You feel me? I'm a Buckeye at heart. Yeah, uh, you're a Buckeye. They didn't offer me, so I really I really was mad for a while, but it's cool. Though. I'm I'm back. I'm back. Cool. 
you're back, you're back with it. It was cool, man. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if if you guys enjoyed this show, do me a favor, smash that like for my man Carl Jones. You guys have been following him, which I do appreciate, but you know what? It ain't enough. We gotta follow this brother more. So smash that like while you guys are here and go follow my man Carl Jones at Jones11 underscore. Hey, what do you guys, what do you guys, what do you and Thad got coming up uh lately? Uh, or that's coming up shortly. Actually, Thad and I right now about to go report another uh episode of Let's Talk Ball. Um, y'all get to hear what he his thoughts on all that good type of stuff. Y'all kind of heard what I what I'm already thinking about the game. Uh, we're watching it from the all 22 perspective, um, so, which is always unique. You get to see things not from the TV copy. So we're about to drop that right now, and it'll be out sometime tonight. Let, let me ask you a question: Is he listening to what we're saying right now? Or he can't hear a thing. Nah, he can't hear us right now. Oh, yeah, I was about to I was about to shout about him and be like, "Yo, give us your thoughts on something." But we'll catch him. We'll catch him on another. On you want me? You want him right now? I mean, he, he probably can hear. You want? I do have one stuff? question for him. I do have one question for him. I knew he was listening. Look at him. He's nosy. Look at his nosy ass. I knew it. I, knew, I do enjoy listening. What's up, man? I, I do enjoy listening to the Carl half of the conversation, by the way. I know you guys are asking good questions because his answers are good. I'm enjoying listening to it. I, I appreciate that. And I knew you were nosy because I was like, yo, is that listening right now? And the minute he was like, well, he might be. And Thad was like, yeah, what? You need me over here? I'm coming. Well, like, he, he did. He didn't say my name. You know, and I figured so I was being talked about at some point. I do. I do have a question for you, though. So you yeah, guys do the all 22. And are there, how often do you, Obviously, you cover the squad, you cover the team, but then you go to the All-22 and you're like, holy smokes, I did not see that. That's amazing. How often do you come to those holy smoke moments? So like, if you call that like a 10 out of 10, I don't see that too often. And okay. maybe Carl has a different take, but I'd say like a 7 or 8 out of 10 almost all the time. You know, most of the time it's little stuff, though. Most of the time it'll be like, uh, you know, you, there's a 20-yard pass and you're like, wow, look at the way the guard picked up the stunt there, you know. How did McGovern see that end coming around? Even though everybody's watching, you know, Stefan Diggs roasting a corner 20 yards downfield, it's the other thing that, that kind of stands out. You know, very rarely, too, does it – do you see something that's, like, almost opposite of what you thought? I will say, like, yeah. the one the one this year, the Tampa game, you know, I left that game thinking, wow, the offense looked good. They were executing, doing all these things. Then you watch the All-22, and it looked like Tampa had no idea how to play defense, which was, mm. you know, a, a, a surprise. And you get maybe one of those a year. But in terms of, like, an individual play, I'd say at least once a game you'll get, like, a couple times a game even. Like, a, you know, like I said, like a 7 out of 8 kind of surprise play. I like it. One last thing before, because I know you guys got to do your film. Is Josh Allen back? I, you know, someone asked me this earlier in a different interview, and I can't say yes through one game. It, it'd be <laughs> irresponsible to look at one game and be like, oh, yeah, he's back. He could be. You know, we might look back at this game and say, like, this was the first game of the run where he was back. Um, but you know, the, the, the jets are a team with their season circling the drain. I, I thought their defense kind of played like it a little bit in the second half. Don't take anything away from Joe Brady and the offense. They were really, really good. They were, And, and the jets D is still really talented, but uh, I want to see more. And, and I mean, with the Eagles and the chiefs and the Cowboys next, we'll, we'll know really soon if Josh Allen's back. I 1000% agree. I'm not, I told, I was like, he says, I'm back, baby. I feel like I'm back. I was like, ah, not yet. Wait till the Eagles game. Then I'll know if you're back or not. Well, Thad, I appreciate you, man. I had to ask that question. And uh, I don't want to take away from your time with you and, uh, and the boy and uh, my man, Carl. I'll let you guys do, do your, your film on the All-22. Yeah, no, no takeaway, man. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No doubt about it, man. You could tell he wanted that airtime. He was like, let me go. Let me go. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just going to watch his back. Like, what? What did he say? But anyway, I appreciate you, man. Carl Jones coming through, handling business. And uh, listen, every time I'm going to call, call up on you and say, are you free? And uh, if you're free, we're going to do it every damn week uh, until we make it to the damn Super Bowl and win this damn thing. And then 
You're going to have to say I'm not from the land no more. I'm from Buffalo, New York, baby. That's what I'm representing. Whoa, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm from hold the up, land in, in, until until I go six feet under. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, you, I got you, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, my man Carl Jones will catch you on the flip side, man. I appreciate you. And uh, until next week, man. Be blessed. Hey. Have a good one. Yes, sir. And there it is, Carl Jones Hamlet. And uh, if you guys enjoyed that segment, by the way, uh, smash that like just right now. Just just hit that like real quick. Let's get this. Let's get this video to work. Like what? Five hundred likes. Five hundred likes should do the trick. You know what I'm saying? Get the algorithms going. Get people coming and tuning in to find out if Josh Allen is back. So let me get right to the shits on the topic at hand. Is Josh Allen back? I think he's almost back because we this we're, we're playing on the emotions of this is Joe Brady's first stint. We're on the road. Excuse me. We're, we're home against the Jets. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the, the feelings, the, the motions, everything was just right, lined right. So, now you're about to be in an uncomfortable setting. You're going on the road. You're going up against the best team in the NFL. Like, it's the best team. They got the best record. So, you have an opportunity right now as a Bill squad to come up there and beat the Eagles and get yourself back into top 10 contention. And when you do get back in the top 10 contention, now you become one of the more dangerous teams in the NFL. I'm going to tell you right now, who was it that was it Tony Romo? Tony Romo said, it. I mean, as much as he that brother annoys the heck out of me, Tony Romo said, yo, if these guys can string a win against the Eagles and they beat the Chiefs, they win their next three games, bro. They're going to be the most dangerous team going into the end of the season and into the playoffs. So we're at six and five. We're very much alive. We're one game out of the AFC East division. We can we can come in and steal that. And let's not get it twisted, man. The Dolphins, although sitting at the number four start, sitting pretty right now, the Dolphins still got a decent little matchup that's coming up their way. I mean, they didn't get through this game with with you know I mean impeccably. They I mean they won twenty to thirteen. The Raiders played them pretty tough, right? But the next few games, you go against a division foe in the Jets. Maybe Tim Boyle decides to freaking show up and he's a new player and he stuns the Dolphins. You just never know because Zach Wilson just wasn't it. Then you got the commanders that are just so interesting because they're iffy. They go toe-to-toe with the Eagles twice and, and then they lose to the Giants with Tommy DeVito. So like this NFL year has been an odd one, right? And then they got the Titans after that, which is, I mean, Will Levis, you never know when he's going to go off. You just never know. He's a rook. And then they got the Jets again. And then they got the Cowboys, Ravens, and then the Bills. So they could they could lose a couple games in there, man. Um, but obviously, we can't sit there and worry about what the next man's is doing. We got to come in here and handle ours. And uh, and right now, that's what's at stake at this moment. We got to handle ours. Um, but a few clips that uh, short clips that I wanted to uh, to to play in here. Uh, one thing that I love seeing, and I know you guys have seen this before, but love that where there's an excitement it's it's beautiful contrast because you had the only booth shot an animated booth shot you got from our former offensive coordinator ken dorsey was him just losing his shit because we lost the game and then you got my man joe braid over here you know I mean saying fuck yeah i mean having a good old time by the way i need that sweater though that sweater is clean let me play that shit one more time look Give me that sweater, boy. That sweater is clean, boy. I need that. Um, and it's really nice. But I think one for me, one of the highlights of the game is very insignificant. But 
I loved it because it just shows that this defense is is loaded. It's it's they're they're playing together. And tell me how much this gave you joy when you saw this. Mm, round them up, baby. Round them up. <laughs> One more time. Round them up. And I was watching this, right? And I'm looking at to see if they're all three of them are on rhythm. And then if you watch it one more time, pay attention to all three of them. I mean, obviously the, the star of the show was Ed Oliver because that's what he does. But pay attention to my guy. <laughs> so it's pay attention to my guy, <laughs> AJ Epinesa on the side, right? So everybody's there. Hey, okay, let me catch it. Let me catch the rhythm. Mm, there we go. Yeah. Hey, he caught it. He caught it because he was trying to see. He was trying to fit. And AJ Epinosa caught that, man. He was like, okay, when, when, one, two, three. Oh, they started without me. Let me get in there. Let me look, look at that one more time, right? He's like, okay. And here we go. I caught it. Here we go. <laughs> Yo! Anyway, that's just me being, uh, <laughs> that was, to me, that was I, I loved it. I love seeing that. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for me. If you guys enjoyed the show, do smash that like. Um, I do, though, before I get out of here, I do kind of want to touch a little bit on overall this this game and i think uh and there's one thing i the one person i didn't touch on which is the most important is joe brady and i think joe brady for his first with the bills stint at calling plays under some pressure because folks that's some pressure now that is some pressure because you got you're filling in the shoes of ken dorsey that just got fired that's very well respected in the locker room very well respected uh in you know what I mean? By his peers, his the players, they liked him. They liked him a lot. And they felt that uh, he was family to them, right? So you don't ever want to see, you know, saying somebody get fired, but you also know that's the nature of the business. That's the nature of the business, right? And Joe Brady was, you know what I'm saying? That's pressure, man. That's pressure because you got to fill the shoes of not only Brian Dable, but you got to fill the shoes of, of Ken Dorsey. That guy brought that team to 13 and three last year. And right now they're in some struggle mode and you're, you're, race, you're playing to, Stay within contention. If he called a terrible game, the Bills are at five and six. And now we're like, yo, he wasn't the answer. And now we're we're sitting here kind of questioning everything. Right now, he's given us reason to pause and appreciate the game that he put together. And everybody was going to be scrutinizing, okay, what kind of game plan is he going to put together? And what did he do different? Here's what I saw from this game that, that actually stood out to me. I was like, hey, he's willing to try anything to get this game to change it up and 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 utilize guys where they haven't utilized it i saw a a halfback pitch you mean for the first time this year where he took the ball and and pitched it. i said what the hell did i just see just there a halfback pitch i think we did it twice in this game right we did a jet sweep it didn't quite work out with hardy hardy's got to figure his his rollout hardy really does i'm rooting for this guy to do well but he's got to figure out where he excels um, he's got to be better. He's got to be better because he had a he had a jet sweep where he made an awful read. He could he should have cut inside way sooner, but he tried to bounce it outside. You don't got enough speed for that. Although you're really fast, but the angle was terrible. You got to cut it up, cut it up field, baby. Um, so that 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 was nice to see, and it was nice to see them utilize the running back. And Ty Johnson was able to get some some time on the field. Love it, love it, man. So um, Joe Brady looks like he's willing to use everything and anything that'll give him the advantage. And that he did. So you appreciate that he's willing to, to not be stuck in his ways. I'm going to call this play. And this is, this is the personnel that I'm sticking with. We had, we had Josh Allen under center. We had Josh Allen, you know what I'm saying, doing great things. And here's the beautiful thing. We had 62% of the, 
of the time we were in motion. 62. The last time we had that high, our percentage of motion was back in what, 2019, I think they said, or 2018. Fam, that's that's amazing. What it does is opens things up. You get to realize, okay, what was it? Are we man? Are we, are we, but it's not just to figure out if we're man or we zone. You're now trying to open things up, confuse the defense. Okay, who's got him? Did you see him go? And then now there's a mass confusion, and here we are. Open, open slot, open everything. I mean, look, they schemed, and I tried to get this. Uh, I hope the video did, did actually work out. Like, I want you to see, I got one last video to play you guys and to kind of lament my point in, in what Joe Brady was able to do. And this is my, my flowers to Joe Brady, right? So check this out, Emmanuel uh, Ocho, and I think I'm, I think uh, I think this is the clip. Emmanuel Ocho broke down the touchdown to uh, James Cook at the end of uh, what was the end of the first quarter uh, when we scored the first touchdown. But anyway, and he breaks it down, and it's beautiful what he he makes us realize and what he makes us notice. And this is Joe Brady's wrinkle. I you'd hope that this is Joe Brady's wrinkle because we haven't seen anything like this all year, right? So check this out. Absolutely brilliant job by the Buffalo Bills. Here's this walk-in touchdown, but now I'm going to explain how it happened. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, so the Jets are in man-to-man. It's real simple. You got Amos. He's in man on the running back if Cook leaks out this way. He's trying to get outside of this tight end, Kincaid, so he doesn't get picked. You got man right here. These two linebackers, they are the whole players. Then you have man, man. Man. Now, the Bills understand the Jets are going to be in man coverage. So what do the Bills do? They get in a nasty condensed formation. Everybody is tight to the line of scrimmage. Because what we want, pick routes. All right, Amos, if you have Cook's man and he goes this way, dang it, you got us beat. But what happens if Cook goes this way? See what happens. CJ Mosley actually is going to have Cooks if Cook goes to the right. So the Jets think they've won. But... The Buffalo Bills, they are going to make sure they pick any defender that might have Cook man-to-man. Look at uh, Gabe Davis. He's going to pick the defensive end. Just in case the defensive end has Cook man-to-man, he's going to pick him. So, boom, you got the first pick. Now, here's my favorite one. Look at uh, number 10, Shakir. He's not even running a route. He's just searching for somebody to pick. Watch him specifically. Like, what route is this? Hold on. I got to run this back. I got to run this back. I got to run this back. I want you all to watch number 10 specifically. What route is this? He's just searching for somebody to pick. Going to run it back one more time. The Buffalo Bills execute this to perfection because even though the Jets played smart, and I love what Amos does here. Amos walks outside and he says, oh, you're not going to pick me. But because you're going across the formation, now watch C.J. Mosley. What happens to the defender who's going to guard Cook? Boom. On his rear end, Cook walking into the end zone. Phenomenal job by the Bills. As a defender, I'm not going to lie. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But the Bills, they executed to perfection. All three of these dudes, they're just looking for somebody to pick. They're just getting in the way. They're just causing traffic. Walk-in touchdown. Simple as that. And you know what? And it, and it's, and it comes down to one word. And Emmanuel Ocho said it. And I don't know if you caught it. Execution. And that was the one thing that has been eluding the Bills for weeks now, it's like, oh, we're not executing. Oh, we're not executing. I mean, the biggest thing is we got to execute. Well, guess what? This is one of those games that, I mean, things were being executed, right? You saw it. Everybody's got to do their assignment. And if you do your assignment, everything's supposed to work out the way it is. And we, it, they call it at the right time, right formation, and you caught the Jets in the right, right uh, situation. And it was great to see it. And what even more impressive is the fact that somebody the other day, uh, just and I, and I tweeted it on my, on my, uh, on my Twitter, because I know I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, that's exactly what Joe Brady did. And if you go and uh, show, salute to wifey, 
uh, watching right now. Salute to you, my love. Um, if you go and check out uh, who was it that was bigging up? I don't know who it was. Somebody was bigging up Kyle Shanahan. And we all know that Kyle Shanahan is the genius offensive guy. You know what I mean? He's got the genius mind and all that good stuff, right? And we praise Shanahan. We praise Mike McDaniels out of, out of Miami. But guess what? Joe Brady ran the same damn formation. The only difference is they didn't fake the handoff to CMC. They just kind of let him run through, right? So Purdy kind of dropped back and let him run through and made it look like he's going somewhere. And then boom, he hit him. Us, we faked the handoff and we came back with a play action and we hit my man wide open, James Cook. So maybe, maybe, just maybe we have something special in Joe Brady, but I'm not ready to, to deem that just yet because it's only been one game. If he comes out and puts a master plan against the Eagles, you have all of Buffalo's attention. You've piqued our interest now. You've piqued it. You know what I'm saying? If you have another game, now you have our attention. Now we're like, all right, we're rocked in, we're locked in, we're loaded in, ready to roll. So that being said, you love every bit of it. So uh, much love to everybody tuned in and uh, much love to people that have called texted sent me messages on on social media you mean to wish your boy a happy birthday i gotta go and you know we do that whole thank you guys everybody for showing me some love on my birthday you mean you gotta you gotta be nice you can't just say you can't just accept people saying happy birthday and just not you know say thank you you gotta say thank you it's a nice thing to do you feel me um but uh other than that folks that's it for me that's a show if you guys appreciate this show if you guys it's the content for you and you appreciate rock with your boy let's do it and uh and we go from there man so uh you guys already know if you guys have not subscribed to the channel subscribe to the channel we are at twenty six thousand one hundred and change in terms of the subscribers on this thing we are trying to build this thing to thirty thousand. i know we're we're, we're a little below we're a little below where our thresh mark but we we believe that with more wins from the bills and more good content coming from bf we can make this thing happen so um much appreciated and uh, that being said, that's my time. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your evening. Enjoy your night. We'll be back at it again on Friday and then back at it again Saturday with my man Rev. And then we got a big old game on Sunday afternoon in Philly. Bills, Eagles, it's going to be fun. So uh, we'll do this again another time, man. And until next time, it's your boy Rico. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. It's the Rico Report. And we'll catch you guys on the flip. Peace. Let's go.